Blog Talk Radio. La, 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 wait till I get my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I awoke, I smit that on a necklace. Ooh. I told God I'll be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. The whole much is given, much is tested. Get arrested, guess until he gets the message. Ooh. I feel the pressure under more scrutiny. And what I do, act more stupidly. Ooh. Bought more jewelry, more Louis V. My mama couldn't get through to me. The drama, people suing me. I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me. I'm just saying how I feel, man. I ain't one of the Cosby's. I ain't go to hell, man. I guess the money should have changed them. I guess I should have forgot where I came from. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. And uh, tonight we're covering the Special Genesis Draft, the first draft of the year to kick off things in the high-stakes world uh, at the FFPC. And uh, it's been a draft that uh, we've been proud to be a part of from pick-by-pick commentary draft. Not officially involved this year, but commentating as a fan and perspective here. Uh, definitely a, a league that uh, I've had some success in, had a couple of titles in this in the five years that it was uh, going, two titles. I think as Rich, Rich Dunn has a couple of titles in this thing. And um, one other uh, gentleman that uh, is no longer with us that won in the very first year. Uh, and if somebody can remember his name, I really wish I I, I could. But uh, great league to be a part of. Twelve teams going at it to uh, to kick the thing off in the uh, the FFPC here. The um, <clears throat> the Genesis draft is so affectionately called. They also have a Revelations draft that's going on at the same time. But we're not going to give those guys at this point the uh, the night. Uh, I, I'm a little surprised that that draft is going on at the same time. But you know, hey, they've uh, they've earned their spot. It's that's what they're doing. They've got uh, both drafts going on. So good luck to everybody in the draft. Let's get right to it. We've got a couple of special guests tonight. Kirk Kikas is with us, one half of uh, Coyote Miscreants with Mike Santos. Mike Santos is drafting in this draft as well. Uh, so that will be uh, something to watch Mike and, and possibly Kirk comment on what he's uh, what Mike's strategy is or what he's doing. Mike is actually on the clock right now. The draft, uh, a little bit of a surprise with John Duckworth selection of Doug Martin going in the first pick with 1-1 overall. Adrian Peterson seems to be the consensus number one pick overall, and War Kittens takes Doug Martin. But John's never been one to uh, shy away from uh, the pick if he feels it, if he likes it. And there's nothing wrong with a Doug Martin. He belongs up there in the top couple of picks, no doubt about it. Uh, if you're wondering, our good friend uh, and, and buddy, Michael Trent, from Brandenburg, Kentucky. He is uh, at the Oaks tonight. He will be at the Oaks in a derby, so he's doing his thing there. He did meet Russ Smith tonight. Uh, had a 15-minute conversation with him, and he said he was an absolute blast uh, and, a, and, a, and a good guy to be around. So it was uh, very nice to hear Mike uh, talk so kindly about one of uh, the fellow Louisville Cardinals on the championship, uh, Louisville Cardinals. So we've got a full chat room tonight. We affectionately call them the crew here at Red versus Blue, the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football Brothers Mayhem, Jason Duvall is in the chat room. Code Cracker, Rich, Fantasy Assassins, IPS Driver, Henry Muto, Phantom Menace, Todd Riverdale, you're man. You guys rocking the house tonight. Let's uh, let's get started. Doug Martin at the one pick. Adrian Peterson at two. Calvin Johnson at three. Mike Krucek, 4D, uh, one of the high-stakes players here. Going with 
Calvin Johnson, very tough to do in uh, in any league this year simply because of the dramatic fall-off, the drop-off of running backs. If you don't get one early, uh, you're going to hate your life <laughs> because they do fall off quite a bit, and it's uh, we will see that here tonight. Uh, the wide receiver pool is a very deep pool this year. It's not one that you uh, have to panic about. Very hard to turn down elite wide receivers. I totally understand that. When you're on the clock and you still see guys in the third and fourth round like Hakeem Nix, Victor Cruz, uh, you, you're, you're thinking to yourself, Randall Cobb, you're thinking, you know what, I can't turn these guys down. Very hard to do, uh, which is why I feel you must do it in the early picks because, again, the wide receiver pool is very deep. Not so with the running back pool, and we all know you need running backs. Uh, you will leave the draft not feeling great about your running backs if you do that strategy. If you take a wide receiver early or a tight end, you'll leave the draft not feeling great. But we all know it can work out. This is the, the RBBC era. Uh, it definitely can work. It has worked. But you don't leave the draft with that good, warm, fuzzy that that you do when uh, you have a good stable uh, of backs on your roster. Plus, with the wide receivers being so deep this year, your team's going to look pretty good. If you if you go ahead and take uh, take the running back, get him out of the way. Kurt says he is in the chat is in the queue, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. Kurt Kikis, uh, it's a it's a little interesting tonight. You're commentating on the draft instead of being involved in it. How's it going, Bubba? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Well, you know what? I'm glad you're here. I would have to uh, talk uh, everybody's ear off. I don't think they like that too much. Mike's not with us. This is uh, Red versus Blue. And uh, Kurt, you've uh, you've been a had, had a lot of success, man. You've uh, you've been a big supporter of ours and the FFPC and all the all the high stakes contests out there. And and now your good friend and partner in crime is drafting in the uh, in the Genesis League. What has he done so far? One more time. What's he what? What's he? Are you following the draft board? Do you, do you have? Yeah, I've got it. Got it here now. Got it here. Okay. Looks like. Looks like he took C.J. Spiller at the uh, nine pick and came back with Matt Forte. Yeah, uh, I like the, the strong start with the two solid running backs. There's a, a lot of good receiver depth out there, so I think that's a pretty decent start. That's kind of what I was just talking about, this wide receiver depth. We will watch it uh, throughout the evening go on. Uh, the wide receivers, uh, they are deep. They are plentiful when you have guys like Amendola uh, in mm-hmm. a new situation in New England. You have guys like Antonio Brown, who should be the – the lead wide receiver in Pittsburgh now that Mike Wallace is gone. These guys are going to be drafted uh, much later than normally, uh, it seems like, with a lot of value. So wide receiver is very deep. I don't uh, I don't uh, suggest taking going wide receiver heavy unless you have a couple of sleepers at running back, Kurt. Yeah, no, you've got to have some deep running back picks out there to um, hit two or three wide outs uh, right off the bat. But I've seen people do it thus far in other leagues, so we'll have to wait and see what goes on here. Well, I mean, we've got some good owners here. These guys uh, are the top of the top, and you know they've, there's a method to their madness, whatever they're doing. And that's what I, I, I want to let's go ahead and run the lineup down real quick. John Duckworth at one takes Doug Martin. Bada Bingers, Jason Tapley with Adrian Peterson. 4D, Mike Krucek. Calvin Johnson, there's the wide receiver we talked about. Yep. Uh, undisputed number one, right? Uh, Kurt, there's, there's, there's nobody you would consider over Calvin at one? No, but there's a. Two or three, four guys who I think could make a strong argument for number two, but Calvin is number one. Jimmy Graham at number four by Donnie Terminiello, Azuri. DT. Uh, D, yeah, Donnie T. He takes Jimmy Graham at four. Have you ever uh, have you ever started your draft with a tight end uh, right off the bat? You know, I did last year. I took uh, Gronk in a few places. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, this year thus far I haven't tried it. Um, been trying to uh, kind of change it up and do some different things, but um, if you get someone like Jimmy Graham, you got 300 plus points easy to start with. Yeah, it's kind of in the bag. You just you just go ahead and lock it up, put it in the bag, and it is a uh, it's a very safe pick, especially with uh, Drew yeah. Brees throwing you the ball. Definitely, you Arian, can wait on you can wait on the second tight end. That's right, Arian Foster at five. Uh, that seems like last year people were a little afraid maybe, and Arian, Arian Foster ends up dominating. Now he's going at number five overall. Wow. This is a new team uh, that replaced uh, myself or potentially Tommy Yates here. Scout Pro, Nelson Souza and Dave Hubbard, big-time players. Uh, they're teaming up this year. They go at it with Arian Foster and back with Aaron Hernandez. What do you think about that start? That's pretty good. That's the lowest I've seen um, Foster go. I mean, they got an amazing gift right there, and uh, you can't give these two gifts because they'll, uh, they'll make your life miserable. 
Hernandez uh, in the second round is a great pick. 2.8, I've been seeing him go a lot earlier, uh, so they've gotten two nice picks, uh, super value thus far. Are you surprised to see, obviously with the the forearm injury to Gronkowski, it looks like Hernandez is now the number two tight end uh, in uh, in startups here. Mm-hmm. Hernandez going ahead of Gronkowski due to the injury. Um, no, I mean, um, you know, Gronk, Gronk's got the, the forearm injury, but my concern with Gronk is the injury be- between the ears. I don't think he makes a uh, good judgment about how to take care of himself out there. Um, Hernandez, um, to me, feels like a safer bet. Well, that's uh, according to uh, Scout Pro Nelson Souza and Dave Hubbard. You do want to take notes anytime you see these guys draft. They kind of live and breathe it like we do, so it's uh, it's always interesting to see these strategies start to play out. A, uh, as Rich, Rich Dunn, uh, starts off with Trent Richardson, which is a uh, obviously had a fantastic year last year, but comes back with a very surprising Darren McFadden. Now, I've always thought that we would probably see Darren McFadden more closer to the fourth round. Is that your assessment, or have you have you seen Darren? Are you expecting to see this kind of trend continue with McFadden going up this high? Um, thus far in the drafts I've been in, I've seen McFadden go from mid second to the beginning of the third pretty consistently. Okay. Um, he's a He's a player that's going to give you a ton of points, or he's going to be injured and sitting on the bench. Well, yeah, you know, I don't know if I, I just, I, I can't buy him in a reader. I did buy him in the twelve fifty dynasty. You know, we're in that league together, Bubba. And, yes, we are. And I, uh, I traded for him. Just, I thought I was a little heavy at wide receiver, and it was a dynasty trade. And we got a lot of the dynasty world championship guys in the chat room tonight. Here's an example of a trade. It was straight up. It was Vincent Jackson for Darren McFadden. And, you know, I, and, I, and I really went after it because of this. I, I thought, you know what, there's a psychological thing that goes on between owners and their players, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. after a while, you just kind of get fed up owning a certain guy. And I thought the guy who owns Darren McFadden is probably fed up. He, he probably is just so tired of looking at that name on his roster saying, he's the greatest in the world, but I can't ever use him because he's always hurt. He's never playing. I, I thought that, you know what, maybe there's a way that, it, you know, his team's a little light on wide receiver. I'm going to throw a bone and – I'm kind of lopsided a wide receiver. I'll throw it to Vincent Jackson, and he accepted. Now I don't know who won in that trade. I don't. I don't know if we'll even know until the you know the end of the season. Yeah, I think if McFadden stays healthy, you'll be the winner in that one. That's my prediction. It's kind of hard to say. Vince uh, Vince had a very big year, and it seems like he's kind of an on again, off again. I don't expect as big of a year for Vincent Jackson. I think he was top 12 perhaps, or he was right there, man. He was top 10, perhaps, 10 or 12 area. He was, he was he had a very good season, but he seems like the kind of player that's like good year, average year, good year, average year. So kind of like his game-to-game play. Yeah, well, there's also talk out there, you know, the Bucks took another quarterback. Uh, there's people writing about Freeman not being a leader and organizing his receivers and putting them together. So uh, if, if Vincent Jackson doesn't have a good year, I think it's more to uh, – have to do with the quarterback uh, not being where he should be. We are covering this draft live. We've got a lot going on at the Fantasy Football World Championships. We're doing the uh, Dynasty World Championship, getting ready to gear up for Monday. We're going to get those league announcements out tonight or tomorrow at the latest. You'll have those league announcements and get that uh, get that rolling where you can start your trades and start your drafts. I love the maiden startup drafts, Kurt. We, we loved it, uh, the first draft that we had together. Yeah, uh, the twelve fifty. It was just a, one of the. It's it's a blast having that maiden draft experience. Talk to the the guys that are in this dynasty world championship. Just tell them a little bit about how you know. I know this is off the cuff, but just talk to them about the whole experience of of a startup draft. You know, it, it's amazing. Um, you have that opportunity to to kind of sculpt the team you want, as opposed to having to wait uh, for your pick to come around. And I remember that twelve fifty. Um, I took Calvin in round one and made a trade with the uh, world-famous Invictus and was able to pick up Roddy White in round hey, two. And I might... thought... Sorry, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah, I, just, I was able to pick up Roddy White in round two. Uh, so you're able to, you know, through trades, to really sculpt that team you want, and you can uh, mortgage the future uh, for the present or vice versa. Uh, you just have uh, a lot of opportunities to create the type of team you want. It's a lot of fun. The uh, it's, it's just, you know, you're on the clock. And, you know, once you're on the clock, then it then it starts to – it almost becomes you know who you want, but you decide to start researching. And so you pick up a couple other guys, and you start to look in, you start to read, you start to dig in, and then you start to question. You And every round, inevitably, you're like, well, there's two or three guys I might take here. 
Yep. It, it became one. It started with one guy you really wanted. And it's like, well, let me just make a d- double check because we do have those long timers, and that's yep. what it's for, to get it right and to make sure you've got it right. And about that same time that you're figuring things out, you get a trade offer. And then exactly. that kind of changes everything. And so it's, it's always this, it's this constant just thing going on that's always changing. And if you turn down the trade offer, then you go ahead and make your pick. Then you're thinking about, man, maybe I could get back into that round and get that other guy that I really got high on. Maybe there's a way that he could fall. And you start to watch that going on, and you're like, man, he's falling. I wonder if I could just trade up five or six picks and, and you know, offer him something because I'm really kind of falling in love with him now. So it, it, it's, it's just a fun experience. I can't wait for the guys to experience it. Uh, let's keep going on this. Gleneration X, Glenn Lowy is in Genesis. He starts off with Jamal Charles. I love Jamal Charles this year, Kurt. Yeah, and Demarius strong. Thomas. Good combo. Yep. No, uh, I really like uh, where Jamal is and uh, the offense that's going to be run down there in Kansas City. Uh, I've got him in one of my dynasties and had a lot of offers for him in the offseason after uh, Reed got there. But uh, yeah. I'm a stubborn guy. I'm holding on to Charles. With the addition of Andy Reid, they're talking about Jamal Charles setting a personal best in his receptions. Wouldn't be a surprise at all. The interesting part about Demarius Thomas, we did have Joe Jefferson on last week from BFD Fantasy. He said that uh, Demarius is obviously the clear number one there. And that, uh, it's you know, who knows what's going to happen with Welker and Decker. I think that's still up in the air for all of us. We don't really know how that's going to shake out. Decker actually led the team in receiving touchdowns, Demarius in yards, and now you get Welker coming in, who probably is going to lead everybody in catches. And, and I think that's probably, at the end of the day, it might be how it shakes out again, where they all kind of have a piece of the action. The bottom line is Peyton had a fantastic year. He'll probably have another fantastic year, probably even better yeah. uh, than last. And uh, they gave, they're giving him weapons. Now they bring in Monty Ball. Uh, I'm, I'm high on this kid. I know that a lot of people aren't kind of as enamored with him as I am, but, you know, he doesn't do anything really special, but he's a grinder, man. Mm-hmm. He's a real grinder at Wisconsin. He just every game you can count on that guy, and that's pretty valuable in football, in the sport in general. To have a guy that could just go out there every single play, and you know, I don't doubt that Ronnie Hillman or, uh, you know, I think McGahey's done, but M- Hillman will probably be a third down back every once in a while for breathers, and maybe on, a, on an occasional series you'll see Hillman in there. But I think Monty Ball's gonna. I think I'm gonna make a prediction. He leads the team in carries this year. Yeah, I'd love to see. That. I'm a Badger fan. Um, I think the the key to his success is um, working his ass off and impressing Peyton. Uh, picking up the blitz. Uh, if he can do those things, he'll he'll do well. But if uh, he lets a few guys get to Peyton, uh, unfortunately, he'll be on the pine. Well, and that's why Moreno uh, excelled. He did a very good job of that. Came in, did his job, and but it's it's kind of like he's the forgotten man there. He's kind of the cast off, and it, it kind of reminds me of Kevin Smith in Detroit. You know, when he's in there, he does great. He, he's probably going to get you 20 points, but the team doesn't love him. He must not be all that because he he does what he he, he gets the job done, but they still don't believe in him. And it's mm-hmm. almost the same thing in Moreno. He did the job. He did a great job. He led teams to fantasy wins last year. Now all of a sudden, uh, they're kind of they're just going to kind of cast him off, I think. And it's going to be the money ball Hillman. And and you probably have Moreno in the mix, but I, don't you agree? Is McGahee, he's pretty much done. Yeah, I'm I'm not looking at McGahee at any round of this year. Um, I passed on him as often as I can. Um, I like Monty Ball. Um, you know, the interesting thing with Moreno is I picked him up last year off of waiver wires. Uh, as most most folks did, and if you looked at the um, FFPC boards last year, the teams in the championship, I would say 90% of the top 40 teams had him on the team. Kirk Kikas is our guest, one half of Coyote Miscreants. Uh, teams up with Mike Santos quite a bit in all the big action uh, winners leagues, the uh, the commander, the main events, the big paybacks, the high societies, all the, the, the big leagues that you – when you're out in Vegas, you're kind of sitting there kind of in awe, wishing you could sit at that table. But, you know, look, I mean, they uh, they they obviously have done well and saved their money, and they have money to play with and invest, and they do well. You guys do an, a fantastic job together. It's very rare that you see a team come in with instant chemistry, and it's hard. It's hard to join up with a co-manager. So you, the, whatever you guys – what do you credit that to? Is it it's just the fact that, uh, you know, you guys uh, don't uh, – when you argue, you flip a coin, or how does that work? No, my Ph.D. in psychology has allowed me to uh, deal with very difficult personalities, so uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. No, um, I, yeah, we both, um, I think we're both kind of alpha dogs, and I think the bottom line is um, you've got to really be able to give and take and trust your partner, and uh, I trust Mike implicitly, and he may tell me, hey, I, I, I like where you're going with that thought, but here's my thought, and either one of us will back down and say, you know what, go for it. 
Todd Ullman, one of the former world championship uh, winners. Riverdog is in the chat, and he says, American Mullet, best start, love his first three. Let's take a look at American Mullet. Chris Carlson starts off the draft with Ray Rice at 10. At 10, Ray Rice. We're going to talk about that in a second. Des Bryant comes back on the turn, and then Darren Sproles at 310. Now, I'm not as high on Sproles, but he is in a fantastic offense. It's a, it's a nice back at this point in the draft at 310. Uh, you got to like that. But uh, Ray Rice, Des Bryant, Darren Sproles, uh, what do you think about that? You know, I love that. Uh, Ray Rice is a huge value this year. I actually saw him go at 2.1 earlier this year in a, in a DE. Um, Des Bryant showed us last year that um, he's finally got his act together. He's been out of the news in, regarding personal issues this uh, off season, so I think that's a great thing for him. He's a great fit for number two, and Sproles is a PPR crazy man, so um, I love the start. Smokey's Doghouse chimes in at the uh, eight pick here. Jules McLean, we had her on the show a couple weeks ago. She starts off the draft with LaShawn McCoy, Alfred Morris, and Percy Harvin. Look, you know what? This, what, what, am I, what am I seeing here, man? What do I, Every single guy – this is a very deep first couple of rounds in, 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 in fantasy football right now. I mean, the names that we're seeing in here – in the first round are phenomenal names. Usually, Kurt, you know, you, you, you probably agree with me. There's a drop-off of talent after the first four, five, three to five guys, and you're like, whoa, I'm not seeing that this year. When you can get guys like Spiller, McCoy, Charles, Rice, A.J. Green, and Lynch at the back end of the first round, yep. the 12, the first round, is. it doesn't matter where you draft them right now. No, every hole right now you can come away with uh, the first couple rounds of real solid players. It's a lot Jewel of fun drafting off, this, this yeah, fall. Yeah, she started off with Sean McCoy, uh, Alf, Alfred Morris, love Alfred Morris, and Percy Harvin uh, with Seattle. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. Coyote Streakers, look, again, your partner, C.J. Spiller, Matt Forte, Randall Cobb, and Michael Crabtree, some big uh, young home run hitters there. Very strong start for Mike. Uh, running back, running back. And, look, when you start off two running backs, it doesn't hurt you. When If you can start off with Cobb and Crabtree, I think you got to be pretty happy with that. And it is the pivotal – second year with Colin Kaepernick or second season. He really didn't have a year with Kaepernick. When he did, he looked phenomenal. Right. Uh, Crabtree could be a top 10 wide receiver with the way he finished last year. And Mike's getting him at about, what, 13, 14-ish right here? So Yeah, that, that's nice value. And I think Crabtree is going to have another good year. They brought in Bolden up there. So they're, uh, the receiver opposite him is a solid guy. Um, it, it looks good up there in San Francisco this fall. You've got uh, – we talked about American Mullet, Chris Carlson. He finished he – he actually grabs David Wilson with his fourth pick. Team Thompson, uh, Don Thompson, plays in uh, all the big events, playing in ours again and the Dynasty World Championship. Starts off with A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Victor Cruz. Now, here's a guy that we just talked about is defying what, we, what I brought up in the beginning of the show, Kurt, which was wide receiver heavy, very difficult. What are your backs going to look like? You're going to hate life. Let's see what happens here because A.J. Green, Julio Cruz – he takes Rodgers at four. So he's saying, I'm going to be stronger than you at wide receiver. Yep. I'm going to be stronger than you at quarterback. Yep. And then, yes, I'm going to have to chase you at running back. But, you know, that's uh, I'm going to make my strong my strength stronger. Yep. And the beauty of DE is, you know, you, uh, you can put together a running back core that uh, you'll have two guys who fill in for you every week and give you points. So um, I think he's um, – He's got a good plan going here, and uh, there's some good running backs out there who can help him on a week-to-week basis. Brothers Mayhem says, man, if Team Thompson hits on his running back, he's going to be tough. Henry Muto will be interested to see if Lamar Miller falls to him in the fifth. That'd be a nice pick. So totally agree with that. I do like Lamar Miller. But there he goes. Glenn Lowy just took him uh, in the middle of the fourth round here. So Lamar Miller is not getting all the way back to the end of the fifth. Nope. Finally, Chef Paul. Paul Schmidt starts off the draft. Marshawn Lynch. Brandon Marshall, Welker, and Gore. Takes a couple of older guys there in Welker and Gore. However, nothing wrong with Welker at all. Uh, you, everybody, you're going to love Wes Welker if you draft him. Promise. I, you know, book it, mark it down. Peyton Manning and him already have that chemistry going. That's a scary situation for all defenses. Frank Gore, can you draft Frank Gore, Kurt? You know what? I, I drafted him last year, and people shook their heads. But um, is my number two back in round six. I was happy with him. Uh, I think he's still got some rubber in the tires. They run the ball up there. Um, I don't think he's got you know, too many more years of being productive, but uh, I would not shy away from him. 
That's the uh, that's the that's the the twelve participants in the in the Genesis draft here. One of the first high stakes leagues starting off the year for the FFPC. I'm going to go ahead and bring in. Uh, I believe this is Mike Graham. Mike, are you with us? Mike, can you hear me? Hello. Seven eight one. Going once, going twice. <laughs> All right, I'll put him back on mute. Maybe he's been in the queue for a while, so we'll uh, we'll put him back on mute and and get back with it, Kurt. Uh, this is the Red versus Blue show, uh, sponsored by FF Toolbox and the Fantasy Football World Championships. Uh, a lot of fun stuff going on here. We've got the Invitational League. We're going to be starting up this year, the Commander 5K. You can definitely check it all out at fftoolbox.com. You'll see the little tournaments logo on there. And uh, interesting, Kurt, I just want to sh- I want to say this. I want to thank everybody for being on our message boards and our forums. Uh, we have enjoyed a 900% growth. <laughs> From from the ashes to actually a fantastic uh, fantastic uh, traffic right now. I think the Dynasty thread alone has over thirty thousand page views uh, in a little less than a month. So very very nice to see the message boards come come alive and uh, get that activity. Nine hundred percent growth uh, from one uh, year to the next. Can't argue with that. We're very happy about that and thank you for uh, supporting that. Everybody's been a big part. Let's go back to the first part of this draft, uh, John. Again, this is a tight end heavy league. One and a half points per reception does kind of throw things off in as far as where these guys go positionally. However, I thought this would be a valuable exercise for all of us high-stakes players to look at how the players are being slotted. So when we look at the running back position, it's Doug Martin, Adrian Peterson, Arian Foster, Richardson, Charles, McCoy, Spiller, Rice, Lynch. Those are your big big guns. Then it goes Forte, Alfred Morris. Now, that's an interesting discussion right there. I I personally would rather have Alfred Morris than Matt Forte. And and, and it's not a knock on Forte because he's a beast. Uh, but what is it about Forte last year? Uh, you own Forte in the in the 1250, don't you? You know what? I traded him. Okay. I traded him to a guy named Scott Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> who oh, dunked him for oh. a player named uh, Marshall. Oh, oh yeah. I, I kept him on my on my team for a, a whole, about, like, three weeks. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I got Matt Ryan, Antonio Brown, Cook, and Halu. Yeah, that was a that was a haul. That was a haul. Uh, the Matt Ryan part, the Antonio Brown part, uh, yep. worked out for you fantastically, right? I mean, Matt Ryan's probably arguably better than the the quarterback that I had on the team, which is Stafford. So sure. uh, that worked out for you. But Matt Forte specifically, yeah, it worked out great. I traded him for Marshall, but he uh, he he ranked what number eleven overall last year. Only missed one game. Okay, so it was just a, it was one of those years where Chicago threw a lot. Mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall. <laughs> yeah. That was what Cutler did when when they needed it, and they didn't have Marshall in the past. Now they do. Forte kind of falls back into his his role of uh, being a uh, a producer. Uh, uh, a rec- a rec- let's see how many receptions he had. Uh, Forty four receptions. That's about par for him, and a thousand yards, <laughs> averaging four point four yards. Okay, didn't get into the red into the end zone much. I guess that's because of uh, Michael Bush. But when you've got Alfred Morris, that had sixteen hundred yards and thirteen touchdowns. It's kind of hard for me to put Forte in front of Alf Morris, but I will be interested to hear from Michael Santos at some point. Uh, and maybe he's just not throwing all of his cards out there. He has been known to do that as well. But no, let me, let me, not Mike. Let me, let me keep going here. McFadden, Steven Jackson is now a second-round pick in uh, redraft. Do you agree with that? Um, you know, I, I've taken him once at uh, not in redraft, but you know, yeah, in a DE. I took him uh, near the end of the round two. I've seen him go as high as 110 this year. Wow, I think that's pretty high at 110. Uh, not interested in him at that point. He's going to get some new life down with that offense in um, Atlanta, but um, yeah, I don't know. Not not that high. Yeah, it's a it's a great offense to be a part of. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's it's um, he's going to get a lot of opportunities uh, to be a, a big integral part of that offense. However, you do have Jacquez Rogers, who's the, who is on that team. And, and, and I think they're going to have a uh, kind of a field day, the two of them back there in the backfield. They're both going to do some damage. Yeah. Uh, Jackson will be that uh, that guy that uh, comes in and, in, in, you know, first and second down, third down, I think, is back to quiz. Even though Jackson is a PPR machine back in the day, I don't think that's the role for him now. Yeah. No, he caught 90-plus uh, one year when I had him. That was pretty impressive. But, that was back when Rob Benetti won the uh, NFFC, the 100 grand. Back in the oh. day, you know, back yeah. talking about Forte, you know, one of the problems I have with Forte is uh, he gets stuffed a lot in the short yardage carries near the goal line. 
he does not punch it in. That's the one thing uh, that I like about uh, Morris over him is that Morris punches it in, those short yardage touchdowns. Well, let's go back and see how Johnny Duckworth did. He had the one pick. He took Doug Martin over Adrian Peterson. I don't think uh, you can you can fault anybody for wanting to go get your guy, even even with the fantastic year that Adrian Peterson did. Doug Martin, an absolute beast in his own right, did a fan, had a fantastic first year. He comes back and gets Rob Gronkowski at 212, says he'll take the risk. Then he takes another risk with DeMarco Murray, kind of a little bit of risk there back-to-back like that because, you know, let's face it, Murray's not a picture of health. But at this point in the draft, uh, his other options were Chris Johnson, Maurice Jones-Drew, Ridley, or Murray. Now, to me, look, I'm not ready to write off Maurice Jones-Drew. I think I think could we be looking at that Adrian Peterson uh, pick from last year where he was falling? Remember Adrian Peterson was like a fourth rounder last year. Everybody's afraid of the injury. Yep. Now MJD's coming back from injury and everybody's drafting him in the middle of the third round. It just seems like kind of an eerie uh, similarity there where you may have the one of these top five running backs being drafted in the middle of the third round. Yeah, you, he's got such good talent, and uh, when, if he's healthy, you, you can't just you can't write him off. Yeah. And he's got Justin Forsett as his, uh, as you know, as his back there to. Uh, he's a he's a he's a decent little back to kind of come in and fill in, and mm-hmm. and it's a cheap handcuff too. Uh, I think Justin Forsett could at least produce and be a starter for you if you needed it, if you had to have it. Uh, Forsett could come in and kind of fill a void, and it wouldn't isn't going to dominate by any <clears throat> imagination, but he could come in and fill a void for you, and you right. get a pretty cheap handcuff out of that. Let me pull in. Let me see if I can get Mikey on the air here. Mike Brown, uh, we're going to try to get you in again. Seven eight one area, you you with us? Hello. Yeah, Scott. There you are. How are you tonight? Hey, we can hear you. You must have been on mute earlier, man. Yeah, I I actually, yeah, I must have hit it by accident. Sorry about that. Not a problem. Well, you're you're joining uh, Kurt Kikas here and myself. We're watching the uh, Genesis draft take place. What do you think about this draft so far? Oh, like I agree with you that Maurice Jones-Drew is going to get great value this year. Um, I was one of the ones in the, the the championship round that took Peterson late in the third, and he worked out, you know, at value. As Bill Belichick would say up here, great value. <laughs> Steven Ridley uh, going at the 3-2. They said he's bulked up a little bit. Uh, I'll start with – I'll ask you first, Mike, then you, Kurt. Uh, Mike, do you think he has uh, what it takes to uh, repeat that performance from last year? I think he does. Um, I do like Shane Vereen a lot this year, like a lot later. But uh, Belichick has shown in the past that if you fumble, you're not going to be on the field, uh, just like David Wilson in, in New York. So it's something to, to look forward down down the line, you know. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm a Ridley owner in some dynasty leagues, and uh, the hoodie always scares me because if you cough it up once, uh, we could see uh, Blount starting the next week. Yeah. So it's, it's tough to <laughs> say, but I do like Vereen. Vereen showed us in the playoffs with that three-touchdown performance that, uh, you know, he's he's uh, a player to be considered. And I think that's why they let Woodhead walk to yep. San Diego also. Uh, Agreed. You know, now, they're, they're, I, there, there, there is an interesting development here, guys, that I want to bring up. We have been watching the team of Don Thompson, who started off three wide receivers and Rodgers. He has landed now in the fifth and sixth, Rashard Mendenhall and Vic Ballard. Now, <laughs> uh, that is a boomer bust kind of thing that, you know, if um, – what do I want to say here? Uh, when I was in the FFPC main event last year, I, uh, I kind of went boomer bust. I went um, – I did Calvin in the first round, came back with Marshall – came back with Brady uh, in the third, thinking, hey, I'm getting pretty good value there, right? Uh, And so I'm waiting on that first running back, right? But when you do, you better be right. And and so I'm going to ask both of you. I'll start with you, Kurt. Rashard Mendenhall and Vic Ballard, things have to – the stars got to line up real perfect here for this to work out. Yeah, they do. Um, You know, Vic Ballard is um, interesting. You know, the guys behind him haven't really proved anything, so – uh, again, he showed some toughness last year with that uh, vertical spiral touchdown off that little screen pass. Uh, Mendenhall, um, you know, he's got some skills. Um, he's a good player. He's playing for his old coach. And, um, you know, they've improved the line down there. Uh, I think he's gotten a couple running backs here who could produce for him. 
uh, Mike, the the talk here in Indy is that Big Ballard is the guy, and uh, you know there was some talk about Delone Carter, but now I'm hearing that Don Brown has earned a spot of of carries here. So, but Ballard is the guy. So uh, Andrew Luck's only going to get better. The offense should get better, and and what we're hearing here in Indianapolis is that the team, even though they have a guy like Andrew Luck and they're going all these wide receivers, they are going to try to emphasize a ground game. Yeah, I I think they will with Vic Ballard. I, I think he's. I'd rather have him than Rashad Bennett. All to be honest with you, um, that that cluster in Arizona with Ellington and the other rookie Stephon Taylor is a muddled at best. And I think the defense is. They're going to be behind, so they're going to be chucking it a lot. So I don't really want any of those backs to be honest with you. It is a fun-looking draft going on right now. The guys are having a blast. Uh, the gals are having a blast. We got Jules in, the, in there as well. And we're starting to see a couple of uh, young guys come off the board. We saw Monty Ball go at 5-2. Le'Veon Bell go at 5-4. Uh, a couple of, couple of uh, newcomers to the scene uh, ready, to, to, ready to jump into action. And, you know, it's funny. This year with the Dynasty rookie draft, I've never seen, and I know both of you guys play Dynasty, I've never seen a rookie draft get flipped up and turned on its head more than I have this year after the NFL draft, it's like, okay, well, besides Bernard being a top three option, which he it looks like he is in most dynasty leagues that I'm watching, everybody else is all over the board. Some people have Lacey. Some people have Austin. Some people like Le'Veon Bell. It's all over the place, Kurt. Yeah, it is. Um, I've got picks all over the place in my uh, my five dynasty leagues, and it, it's amazing. You look at what you could get these various positions. And it changes from week to week. Uh, draft day changed dramatically. Green Bay taking two, two running backs. Kind of does it hurt their value? Does it help their value? It's gonna be a lot of interesting decisions on uh, uh, Dynasty Draft Day. Mike, uh, Chris Ivory taking it to five five. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Uh, Scout Pro has four running backs on the team now with Foster, Reggie Bush, Ryan Matthews, and Ivory. Uh, what do you think about Chris Ivory's chances now as a New York Jet? Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I mean, they, they went out and got Mike Goodson this year, and uh, they still have Bela Powell. So, um, and again, as I said before, with Arizona, I, I think they're going to be behind a lot. So, I think Geno Smith is going to be chucking it a lot. But I do like Chris Ivory. <laughs> I know you're a Jets fan, so uh, I, I mean, we, nothing more than I'm a Patriots fan. We love beating up the Jets more than anything. So, oh God, <laughs> yeah, I, I asked for that one, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, let, where, where do I want to go here, guys? Uh, let's look at Jules' team real quick. She starts off with McCoy Morris, those backs I absolutely love. Then comes back with Percy Harvin, Jordy Nelson, Eric Decker, Antonio Brown. That's what I'm talking about. Look at that absolute. Look at the monster depth. At wide receiver there now. Yeah. Let me say something. Let me say this. As I'm looking at this, I think I could wait. This could be the year that you wait on wide receivers more than ever before. If you could take your two running backs right off the bat, go back to the conventional days of fantasy football, guys. RBRB, right? Yep. And then third round, you could do whatever the hell you want to do. I mean, if you want to uh, look at Rogers, didn't go to the fourth, but if you really wanted to get Rogers, go ahead and get Rogers. Uh, you take your Rogers in the third. And then four, five, and six, if you could start off the draft with Jordy Nelson, uh, Eric Decker, Antonio Brown, I think all I think that's a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and a wide receiver three. It's all packaged up for you. You've got two great running backs, a top quarterback, and your wide receivers are set. Yep. You know, the other interesting thing we're seeing here is, um, you know, if you look back to last year, Rodgers was a first-round pick. And you'd have four quarterbacks, five quarterbacks sometimes off the board by the end of round two. We're seeing quarterbacks go a lot later, so you've got players who are de- uh, developing teams with a lot of depth at uh, various positions and taking their quarterbacks later because there's a lot of guys out there who will produce. Now, let me let me say this, too, uh, Mike. Uh, you, obviously, the FFPC format here, tight ends are going a little bit slower than years past. Usually, you'll see tight ends going off the board, um, you know, I mean, exceptionally, like just all over the first five or six rounds. Everybody's got one. Some teams have two. Uh, and, and, you know, several teams have to. Right now, we've only got seven tight ends off the board, and we're almost through six rounds. That's a little light, uh, Mike, isn't it? Yes, I, I think so. And I, I think the way, 
you, you've got that top tier and, and, a, and a couple of young guys that are coming up, but I think it, it, most people are going to wait for it. And unless you're playing in like your competitions where you get a point and a half for a tight end, I think it's wise to wait. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, guys, uh, the week 12 bye week and how it's affecting <laughs> this draft, if at all. Um, this this draft, uh, I guess this is not the conventional main event format because you don't have that. You have you do have playoffs going on though. So you, I, I guess the Genesis draft. Uh, let me say, how does it work? You get uh, six teams in the playoffs. So so not as big a deal here for the main event. But guys like C.J. Spiller, uh, Marshawn Lynch, who else? Percy Harvin, Russell. A.J. Green. Yeah, all those. Sean McCoy. Oh yeah, there yeah, McCoy. All those guys gonna be affected. So, um, like I said, I don't think that affects Genesis. So it's not really a, a talking point here. Um, yeah. So it's it's not not a big deal. That's why we're seeing those guys going in their kind of their rightful place. But mm-hmm. when push comes to shove, it'll be interesting to watch that as the as those drafts happen. And the funny thing is that we probably won't see that until the start of those FPC drafts, where those guys start to go. Right. So we'll, we'll revisit that topic uh, when we can. Now, we're getting a little bit of a quarterback run here in the sixth round. I do like the fact that Peyton Manning, your boy Mike Santos, did get him in the, in, the, in the sixth round. Tom Brady went to Chris Carlson in the sixth round. And two more guys, Cam Newton and Kaepernick. I mean, take your pick here. I mean, I, don't, I see all those quarterbacks on the board. I don't care which one of those I have. I'll put any of those on to battle. Uh, at any time and be fine. And, and probably you can go ahead and add a couple more guys on there and I'll still be okay. I'd, I'd be okay with Russell Wilson. Yep. Uh, who else? I'd be okay with, uh, I mean, personally, I'm really high on Andrew Luck. I think he'll even, I think he'll have an improvement over last year, but uh, I know some people right. aren't, aren't thinking that he's in that same class. And I, and I, and I tend to agree. Right. But uh, you know, look at the board. You got Ryan out there. You got Luck, yeah. you got Stafford, Wilson, I mean, you've got some wonderful value of quarterback this late in the draft. It's it's nice compared to what we saw last year. I like yeah, the way. So, and somebody's going to come in and get probably IG three at some point too, and take a chance. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute uh, absolute deeper year than I think we've ever seen for quarterbacks. So it does make a lot of sense to wait. I do get the impulse when you see that you have a chance at a Cam Newton or a Kaepernick and a guy that can put you up a forty spot and really single-handedly take over a game for you. Uh, you don't get that type of takeover unless you're in the top couple of picks in the draft. You know, Doug Martin can, did it last year. Uh, now he's a number one pick. Uh, Adrian Peterson did it. He's a, a top one or two pick. You know, so there's not a lot of guys that can pop a 40-burger on you, you know, other than some of those elite, elite quarterbacks like your Cam Newtons and your Kaepernicks and your Bradys and Brees and Mannings and all those, Rodgers, all those guys. They, they can single-handedly win a game for you, so... I get the impulse, but I'm comfortable going to war with those other guys. I mean, if you can give me Stafford and I can be last and I can wait, I mean, Eli Manning's still a 4,000-yard quarterback and a 30-touchdown 30, 30 guy, so it's a, it's a very deep quarterback draft. Let's keep looking at the draft here. Bada Binger's Jason Tapley. Let's see how he puts his team together, Kurt. Adrian Peterson, Stephen Ridley, Monty Ball. At wide receivers, he takes Larry Fitzgerald at 211. Deshaun Jackson, Tavon Austin. Tony Gonzalez. Nice. He's got some good talent there. He's got some uh, good strength there. You know, especially in this format, uh, people like uh, players like Deshaun Jackson uh, have a lot of value in my book in this format. Um, he's a guy who could get you a ton of points one week, but then he doesn't show up. But in this format, he's great value where he got him. Uh, the pick of Gonzalez. Gonzalez is 100 years old, but he, all he does is <laughs> put points on the board. Um yeah. Yeah, Peterson, you can't go wrong. I mean, whether you pick him one, two, or three, he's uh, he's a solid back. He proved he's bionic. Um, Monty Ball, as we talked about earlier, you know, I'm a huge Monty Ball fan. Um, I think he's got some good opportunities out there. So I like what he's doing. And getting to Austin, uh, round seven, that looks nice too. Got some upside there. Guys, do you, is, there, is there a little bit of added renewed faith, I'll ask you, Mike, in the Philadelphia situation now that Chip Kelly is in town? You've got Deshaun Jackson. You've got Jeremy Macklin. They bring in a, uh, a stud tight end in, in Kels, and uh, you, you've still got McCoy and Brown. That team, with, with the, if a reportedly healthy Vic, that team suddenly starts to look a little better than it has the last last few years of the Andy Reid era. 
Oh, definitely. I think Philadelphia is going to be a buzz uh, this preseason with the players. They have uh, Bryce Brown also, and uh, don't forget James Casey coming over from Houston. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he's somebody that can use, you know, you can get really late and, you know, plug him in. And, you know, from week to week or a bye replacement. But there's a lot of talent there. And the way they're going to run that offense, uh, I think there'll be enough to go around for four or five guys. And and Tapley finishes off his draft. Oh, by the way, Gonzalez, when you mentioned Gonzalez, Kurt, I, the only thing I think is he wins fantasy titles for people. That's what he does. Yep. He, he wins fantasy titles for you, just like a Jason Witten, but Gonzalez even more so. It seems like he's always, every time I look at a championship roster, somebody that's won 200 grand or 100 grand or 150 grand, it's Tony Gonzalez as they're tied in. They waited, they waited, and they took Tony, uh, and, and it paid off for him. Tavon Austin is his seventh-round selection, uh, arguably the best wide receiver in this year's NFL draft. And some people are calling uh, for a big year, the greatest show on turf, possibly returning to St. Louis. And a big year for Sam Bradford. So he's a guy that you might want to target as a QB, too, uh, especially with the, the weapons they're surrounding him with. And, uh, you know, look, did they do anything about the running back position in the draft? Not really. So, yeah, they they took – I can't even tell you the guy's name was Stacy. Zach Stacy. Yeah. I mean, that's not – okay, everybody – you know, you, you see potential in, in all these backs. But, uh, I – Look, they, they're they're basically saying they want to follow the Andrew Luck model and they want to give them four wide and they bring in a Jared a Jared Cook uh, over the middle. They brought in receiving weapons for Sam Bradford. It is do or die for Sam Bradford. So uh, I'm not advocating taking him as your one, but I think he's an intriguing prospect as your QB two. And if things work out and maybe you have an injury to your QB one and, and you know there's a possibility that Sam Bradford does put up some big numbers. Mike Krucek, the third team on the board. He starts off with Calvin and Roddy, kind of the anti-policy here that we've been talking about this evening. What does he do? Chris Johnson at 3-3. They've given him a little bit more of an offensive line, Mike. And then he brings in Jonathan Stewart and Giovanni Bernard, his other wide receivers, Vincent Jackson and Reggie Wayne. So, look, Mike's very comfortable with starting four wide and Calvin, Roddy, V. Jackson, Wayne. He's going to start Chris Johnson, which is always kind of an adventure. You don't know if he's going to get you 30 yards or 200. And then Stewart or Bernard. What do you think about that team, Mike? I I, I kind of like it. Does he have a quarterback yet? Not yet. No. Um, well, Bernard, he, I, I think by midseason he should take over for Green Ellis. So at least get his share of touches. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, I think everybody's still waiting for for this kid to show his full potential. Uh, but I do like his receivers, Calvin Johnson. I mean, he can make up for a for a lot of woes in your team in different areas with a 30-point week. So, I, I like it. I mean, who's on the board for a quarterback for him? That's what I, I'd like to see. Yeah. Well, there's still there's still some good ones out there. Like Kurt mentioned, you know, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford. And, and when he's looking at the draft, all of his quarterbacks, the guys that have quarterbacks, are all behind him. And that's that's always a strategy that we, we now know in the high-stakes circles, that you're always looking at your draft board. Yep. And there's only one, two, three teams that don't have a quarterback behind him. So he's looking, he's saying, oh, you know what? If they take quarterbacks, that's fine. There's still four quarterbacks out there. He'll be fine. Yeah. And yeah. There's, still good, there's still good tight end value for him out there, too. Well, and he doesn't have a tight end yet. That's true. Now, right. that is the one caveat here in the FPC format. If you want to make yourself look good at running back and wide receiver, it's do it at your own risk because if you don't have a tight end to count on, uh, these guys that have them are going to beat you. They've got some, uh, you know, that's that's a quite a bit of a of an edge you're giving up to a Jimmy Graham, and if and if they can get starting running backs and piece together their wide receivers, now your wide receivers might be a little bit better, but what's the drop off in your tight end versus his when he's starting off Jimmy Graham and Kyle Rudolph, you know? Uh, yeah, that's pretty impressive. It is Donnie T with Jimmy Graham and Kyle Rudolph, Andre Johnson and Nick, Stephen Jackson and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he's still has he made a pick yet, or is uh is my board behind here? Where are we at? Uh, I see uh, Glenn's on the clock. Okay. So I'm, my board's a little bit behind here. Yeah, and, and Donnie T out of Boston there's got Jimmy Graham, Rudolph, and Pitta. He's got the Holy Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> Some darn good uh, good uh, tight ends there for Donnie. All right. Well, this is uh, this has been a lot of fun here. I've got an error here. All right, there we go. Finley's off the board. Greg Olson's off the board. 
Pettigrew, Gates, Jared Cook, Jermaine Gresham. We're starting to see the the, the tight end run, and I love the Dennis Pitta pick, like you mentioned. Yep. Uh, Dennis Pitta, very undervalued. Uh, I think he is legitimately a top five tight end. I th- I just don't think we know it yet. We we saw flashes of it, but when you mm-hmm. lose Anquan Bolden, what did they what did you replace him with in that offense? And if your defense, Mike, is taking a hit, which they obviously are, that would tend to make you think that they're not going to be able to run as much. They're going to be dumping off. Yes, I, I think Dennis Pitter uh, is going to be very good value because, like you said, who's going to pick up all those catches that Anquan Bolden? I mean, Jacoby Jones, he's more of a receipt, uh, a uh, punt returner, kick returner. I mean, he might give you a little, but and I don't believe they drafted a receiver also. So Tandon Doss is the only one I can think of offhand. But I, I think he's going to eat up a lot of those catches. Uh, we have somebody in the chat room, Henry Muto, Kurt, saying Matty Ice in the eighth. Nice. <laughs> Matty eight. Yeah, in the eighth round, that's a wonderful pick. It really is. I mean, when you when you are sitting and waiting on quarterbacks, would you rather have, Mike, um, you know, Drew Brees in the fourth? Uh, and paying a fourth-round price, and you're missing out on a guy. I mean, let's look at that fourth round for a second. Uh, it's a little, it's a little weird. It's, it's got guys like Ryan Matthews, Lamar Miller, Michael Crabtree, Gore, David Wilson. It seems like there's a lot of question marks on almost all those guys. Definitely, people are buying lottery tickets early this year. Um, <laughs> I like, I like, I like Lamar Miller, but again, you don't know. It, the, it, he hasn't really proven it on the field a lot, and uh, I would much rather, like you said, I am a, a, actually a quarterback guy. I'd I'd rather have that Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers early and know that 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 position is safe. And although when you say that you get Matt Ryan in the eighth round, I mean that goes to show you can wait also. But yeah, and after Matt Ryan, we got Wilson, Stafford, and Luck going in the eighth round. And those are so great value wow. picks. So yes, definitely. So those guys that waited, their running backs and receivers are a lot better than the, the guys that took Rogers, Breeze, and, and Cam Newton earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, this has been uh, this has been a lot of fun. Is there anything on this board that also stands out that you guys see that uh, is, is that we need to talk about? I see mm-hmm. Daryl Richardson. In the seventh round, uh, we talked about the St. Louis situation. Potential there for a little bit of Jamal Charles and a Daryl Richardson. I know there were whispers about that last year. We didn't really see anything kind of develop there. But he is a young kid, and it might take you a couple a, a year or two. But this would be a year for him to prove something. Eddie Lacy uh, with Green Bay. They talked about uh, the Eddie Lacy and Jonathan Franklin combination. And I don't know if you guys watched it like I did, but at the NFL Draft, when they selected Jonathan Franklin, did you see the Green Bay War Room kind of erupt? They were so excited. Yeah. When they got that guy, and I'm like, wait a minute, you took Lacey, but you're you're a lady. I mean, they were so excited when they took Franklin. I was like, what are they planning on doing here? Is this a little, you know, thunder lightning show behind uh, Rod? This is still Rogers' team. He's still going to air it out, and there's not a lot of room for running backs here. I think they're going to run the wishbone in Green Bay this year. <laughs> <laughs> Cecil Shorts off the board. There's a guy that man, everybody was talking about him being a third round caliber player because all he did was catch touchdowns. Every single game, you could count on Cecil Shorts getting a four for 80 and a touchdown because of that fourth quarter. Jacksonville's behind, and Cecil Shorts ends up scoring, then Blackman scoring, and Shorts are scoring. And then you had the concussions, uh, Mike, and that's really what's what we're seeing here in Shorts. Yes, but uh, I think his value will go up in these drafts coming up uh, because now with Blackman out four games because of the suspension, and – I mean, people are going to take risks later in the draft on plays that, that are injured now because look what happened with Peterson last year. And, and I think even in these, some of these dynasty startups, you're, you're going to see Marcus Lattimore go earlier than he probably should, even though he, he's going to probably sit the whole year. Owen oh, Daniels. Brandon Pettigrew, guys that um, seem to always produce yet are kind of disrespected, especially in this PPR system uh, that FFPC uses where they get one and a half per catch. Uh, that There's a lot of value in guys like Brandon Pettigrew. I mean, he's not going to get you the, the 10 touchdowns because he drops them, right? 
Right. Efforts. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how many times I own him. I own him in the twelve fifty, right? And every time you throw it to Staff, uh, you know, to Pettigrew, he catches it and then bobbles it and drops it, you know, right in the end zone. And Stafford's like, God, yep. I don't even know why I throw it to you, man. I had him last year, and I didn't get excited until uh, five minutes after the play was over because you never knew. You could drop it any time. Johnny Duckworth did finish off the start the ninth round with, uh, you called it, Mikey, Robert Griffin the third. Great ninth value. Round. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, now, again, if he's, if he's healthy, I mean, you're looking at a guy that can – he proved it early last year, a, a top point producer, and – Hey, I think that put Matt Bailey over the top, didn't it? If I believe in the in the world championship, right? Absolutely. That's uh, that's what Matt Bailey. That's what propelled Bailey to the uh, the two hundred grand, and, and being able to get that guy again two years in a row because of an injury, it's a little deja vu for me. And and I, I know if I'm Matt Bailey, I'm pulling the trigger again. He, I, I would be wearing a I would be wearing an RG three uh, jersey to the draft as uh, as I do the exact same thing that I did last year. So uh, there is a pick that I think is way undervalued, guys. Josh Gordon in the ninth round, nine what seven to Glenn Lowy. If you ask me, I was sitting here waiting for uh, I was waiting for Gordon to go right around the Antonio Brown Mike Wallace area round six. Am I too high on him? What I've been seeing thus far is he's been going um, anywhere from eight to ten, depending on okay. the draft, uh, other DEs. But he is okay. a, he's an amazing guy. Came in with no spring uh, spring training, and just blew up and caught some great touchdowns. He's a uh, he's a fantastic value. I think at uh, in the nine round. Code Cracker's in the chat room here, and he can tell you that he won. Uh, Josh Gordon was one of the hottest wide receivers, along with Calvin, late in the in the year. Uh, those were a couple of the hot wide receivers there. Josh Gordon was one of them. Uh, I just I love what I saw out of Josh Gordon. I, if I could buy him in Dynasty, I, I would. I would I would definitely be all over that. Uh, guys, this is it. That's all the time we got for tonight. It's a one-hour show. Go ahead and go over to the High Stakes Fantasy Hour. Join those guys over there and uh, tell them we sent you. And, and look, uh, Kurt, thank you for being on. Mike, we appreciate all the support from you guys at the FFWC. Are you guys ready to draft? Because we're gonna, we're gonna let's go ahead and launch satellite leagues next week. Let's get this thing going. I want to see this eleven man lineup, this dual flex, and back to the traditional scoring. I want to see what happens with our ADP. I can't wait. I'm I'm, I'm excited to, to start it up and uh, glad to have you guys as a part of it. Thanks for being on Red vs Blue. You guys are welcome back anytime. My pleasure. Yep. Uh, look forward to seeing you in Vegas, Scotty. Same here, my man. Thanks, Mike, thank you, we'll, sir. We'll, we'll see you. All right, guys. Bye. Yeah, you too, Kurt. Great guest. Bye. Great guests in Mike Brown and Kurt Keek has joined us tonight. And, uh, oh, the chat room, you guys have been fantastic tonight. Thank you. Look, we've got the FFWC main event. Uh, we're limiting ourselves to 408 teams. That's it. That's all we got. you got the Commander 5Ks. We had a guy sign up for both commanders today. You've got the uh, the satellite season kicking off. Roto Bowls uh, are going to be kicking off uh, if you want to get your feet wet. That will definitely be a popular game for the Toolbox crowd. And uh, we've got the uh, Invitational. We've got some interesting developments there. You guys are going to love it. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to hear what's going to happen uh, while you're in Vegas. Uh, the experience is going to be better than it's ever been before for the high-stakes fantasy players. That's what we've always wanted. That's what we've worked our asses off for every single day to make your Vegas experience the best one possible. And we've been shopping. We've been, uh, we've been having these hotels basically say, what will you do for our players? And we're finally in a position to release this stuff. It's coming out uh, very, very soon in the next couple of days. The, the Dynasty invites will be out tomorrow. You'll be able to get logged in. You'll be able to start your drafts on Monday or and get your trading going immediately. Uh, things are alive and well at the FFWC. We appreciate all the support. Go ahead. Go back over to the High Stakes Fantasy Hour and finish up the last hour of this Genesis draft. And root on your favorite guys. They're in this Genesis League right here. Uh, till next week, guys, we will, uh, we will see you. And take care.